باب ما يكره من اتخاذ المساجد على القبور What is disliked in respect of making masajid over graves? This is also a very important topic related to janaiz. That a masjid should not be built on a grave. And this karaha, ma yukrahu, this dislike is a dislike of tahrim. Meaning it's prohibition. This is not allowed. In fact, the Prophet ﷺ cursed the people who take the graves of their prophets as places of worship. And when did he say that? Close to his death. And the ulama have even said that if a masjid is built on a grave, then that masjid should be brought down. It is worse than masjid dirar. Because remember masjid dirar in surah tawbah, we learn about it. A masjid that was built for the purpose of creating division amongst the people. Right? So that masjid was not a real masjid. It doesn't serve the purpose of a masjid. So it shouldn't be there. And that's why it was brought down. So just like that, a masjid that is built on a grave will lead to shirk. So it's not fulfilling the purpose of a masjid. And one should not perform salah in such a masjid. But have you wondered, where is the grave of the Prophet Hmm? In Masjid al-Nabawi, what about that? Have you ever wondered, do you find that strange? Yeah? I remember the first few times that I went when I was little, I find it so awkward. We're going to a masjid and there's a grave inside and it's the grave of the Prophet Because I grew up in Pakistan and you know, it's very common, grave worship is very common in Pakistan. So when I saw, you know, with my own eyes, it was really strange. So the thing is that the Prophet was not buried in the masjid. Where was he buried? In his house, in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And why was he buried over there? Because the prophets are to be buried in the place that they die. Correct? Where was the masjid? Next to the house. Alright? The house was not part of the masjid. It was next to the masjid. But then what happened after some time? That the masjid had to be? Expanded. In fact, it just naturally expanded. In fact, now the Masjid al-Nabawi probably has in it the entire city of Medina that was at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Right? It's so huge. So the grave kind of became a part of the masjid. So the grave was there from before. Masjid was there from before. Masjid was not built on the grave. It's just that the masjid expanded and kind of took over the area around the grave also. But remember that when you go to the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ, your goal should be to pray in that masjid. Your goal of going to Medina should not just be to visit the grave of the Prophet ﷺ. You know, somebody told my son, if you go to the masjid, the Nabawi, and you say salam to the Prophet ﷺ, then he will come come back to life and he will answer your salam. He was telling me, you know, so, so excitedly. And I said, no, when you send salat on the Prophet ﷺ, anytime from anywhere, it is conveyed to him. There are angels that are dedicated for this work. They convey the salam to him. And yes, it is of the etiquette that when you pass by any grave, yes, you send salam. Assalamu alaikum ya ahl al-qubur. Which is why when you go there, you don't just say salam to the grave of the Prophet ﷺ, but also to Abu Bakr and Umar. Isn't it so? So your goal should be to pray there. Unfortunately, people don't know the virtue of praying in the rawdah. 
they run there, they go there for the sake of the grave. She's confirming this, that the masjid does cover the entire area that was inhabited, that was considered to be the city of Medina at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. So the masjid really has expanded so much. And it's amazing. People even pray outside the masjid. Isn't it? So this is natural. This is because so many people go there. However, when you go there, then you should not be facing the grave while praying. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, لا تجلسوا على القبور ولا تصلوا إليها Do not pray facing them. وَلَمَّا مَاتَ الْحَسَنُ بْنُ الْحَسَنِ بْنِ عَلِيٍّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ Imam Bukhari mentions an incident over here. And you notice there is no chain of narration here because the authenticity of this is debated near Imam Bukhari. He doesn't agree with the authenticity. If he agreed with the authenticity, he would have mentioned this with the entire chain. So when he died, Al-Hassan ibn Al-Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu anhu. So who is he? The grandson of Ali radiallahu anhu. When he died, ضربت امرأتuhu, his wife uh, set up Al-Qubba, a tent, على قبره, on his grave, sanatan for a year. So she set up a tent on his grave, and that tent was there for how long? For an entire year. ثُمَّ رُفِعَتْ then after a year, that tent was removed. فَسَمِعُوا So the people, they heard صَائِحًا Someone screaming, or meaning saying out loud. يَقُولُ Saying, أَلَا هَلْ وَجَدُوا مَا فَقَدُوا Have they found what they lost? Meaning, they had set up this grave over here in excessive grief over the person who died. Well, after the whole year, did they find what they lost? Have they retrieved that person? Did he come back alive? فَأَجَابَهُ الْآخَرُ so another answered, بَلْ يَئِسُوا فَانْقَلَبُوا Rather, they despaired and they have left. So, who was this? If this is authentic, if it is, Allahu A'lam, but if it is, then it could be the sound of an angel or a believing jinn. So, she stayed there for a year and she may have prayed over there also? It's because, I mean, if you're living in a tent, you've made a house over there, then you're praying also as a Muslim. But this was not correct. It was not right that she did this. And when they removed the tent, they heard this conversation, and which confirmed that this action of hers was not correct. Remember that many among the companions made wasiyah before they died, that no tent should be set up on their grave. No tent should be pitched up on their grave. And the original command of the Prophet ﷺ also forbids us from constructing anything over graves. We learn in a hadith that the graves should not be plastered. Meaning they should not be made with concrete. And they should not be used as sitting places for people. And a building should not be built over them. And the best of all buildings would be a masjid. Isn't it? So if a masjid is not allowed to be built over a grave, then that means any other building should also not be built. حدثنا عبيد الله بن موسى عن شيبان عن هلال هو الوزان عن عروة عن عائشة رضي الله عنها عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال في مرضه الذي مات فيه The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said in his final illness لعن الله اليهود والنصارى May Allah curse the Jews and the Christians اتخذوا قبور أنبيائهم مسجدا They took the graves of their prophets as mosques قالت ولولا ذلك لأبرزوا قبره غير أني أخشى أن يتخذ مسجدا 
She said if it had not been for that, they would have given prominence to his grave. And they would have really, you know, made the grave, the graveside of the Prophet ﷺ more, you know, properly built and so that people would come and see it. But they didn't do it. And she said, I am still afraid that it might be made into a mosque. And she was right. Right? Because people go there as if that's the main purpose. باب الصلاة على النفساء إذا ماتت في نفاسها Praying over the women who die in their nifas. What is nifas? Bleeding from childbirth. So basically if a woman delivers her child and because of the excessive bleeding at the time, like a hemorrhage of some sort, then if she dies, then remember there has been so much blood that has come out and there may be still a lot of blood on her, may continuously be coming out because this is what happens in, in a, when the uterus hemorrhages, then the bleeding doesn't stop. Basically, it doesn't contract. So now the blood flows from the body through the uterus. So that is what causes the death. And then it doesn't, the bleeding doesn't stop. So it may be that she dies from that blood loss, but then the bleeding continues. So then do you pray janazah for her? Even though that blood is coming? Yes. حدثنا مسدد حدثنا يزيد بن زريع حدثنا حسين حدثنا عبد الله بن بريدة عن سمرة رضي الله عنه قال صليت وراء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على امرأة ماتت في نفاسها He said I prayed behind the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم for a woman who died in her nifas فقام عليها وسطها And he stood where? In her middle in the sense that she was her body was laid in front of him and he was facing the middle of her body باب أين يقوم من المرأة والرجل Where should the imam stand for the funeral of a woman or a man? Meaning how do you place the body in front of the imam? حدثنا عمران بن ميسرة حدثنا عبد الوارث حدثنا حسين عن ابن بريدة حدثنا سمرة بن جندب رضي الله عنه قال صليت وراء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على امرأة ماتت في نفاسها فقام عليها وسطها Same hadith over here and we learned that the imam stands facing the middle of the, the body of a woman. What about the man? The head. For the man, the imam faces the head. Bab at-takbiri ala al-janazati arba'a. This is what I really wanted to cover today. Alhamdulillah, we have reached that part. How exactly to perform the janazah prayer. So we see here that four takbirat. وَقَالَ حُمَيْدٌ صَلَّى بِنَا أَنَسٌ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ فَكَبَّرَ ثَلَاثًا ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ This is also very important. He said, Anas رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ performed the janazah prayer with us, meaning he led us in the prayer, and he said three takbirat, and then he said the salam. Why? Maybe he lost count, maybe he forgot, he made a mistake, it can happen. So what happened? فَقِيلَ لَهُ So he was told that after the salam that she did only three. فَاسْتَقْبَلَ الْقِبْلَةَ So he faced the qibla again. ثُمَّ كَبَّرَ الرَّابِعَةَ And he said the fourth takbir. And then ثُمَّ سَلَّمْ He said the taslim. So basically he did not do any sajda sahu. So if there is some mistake in salatul janazah, is there any sajda sahu for that? No. Why? Because there is no sajda for the salah. So when there is no sajda for the salah, this means that even in the case of a mistake, there will be no sajda sahu. But then if there is a mistake, like for example here, three takbirat, the requirement is not fulfilled, then upon realization, one can make up what was missed.
حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف أخبرنا مالك عن ابن شهاب عن سعيد بن المسيب عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نعى النجاشية في اليوم الذي مات فيه وخرج بهم إلى المصلى فصف بهم وكبر عليه أربع تكبيرات We have read this hadith multiple times before four تكبيرات حدثنا محمد بن سنان حدثنا سليم بن حيان حدثنا سعيد بن ميناء عن جابر رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى على أصحمة النجاشي Ashama is the name of Najashi. Najashi was his title. Ashama was his name. Fakabbara arba'a, four takbirat. Waqala Yazid ibn Harun wa Abdul Samadi an Salimin Ashama wa taba'ahu Abdul Samad. So basically, other reports also confirm that his name was Ashama. Now here, in these ahadith, we see four takbirat. However, there are numerous narrations that tell us about Five takbirat, and six takbirat, and seven takbirat, and even nine takbirat. Up to nine takbirat. I know it's maybe new for you, because you've never even witnessed it. right? But this is also proven from the sunnah. Up to nine. Now basically, what is to be done is that after the first takbir, There is no dua istiftah. You don't say subhanakallah wa bihamdik. You don't say Allahumma ba'id bayni wa bayna khataya. There is no dua istiftah. After the first takbir, what is to be recited? Surah Al-Fatiha. After the second and third takbir, basically, you're supposed to say duas. Which duas? Duas for the forgiveness of the deceased person. You could also send salat on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because that is a part of making dua, ensuring that your duas get accepted. So that is also something that can be said. But mainly, it's with al-Fatiha and then duas for the deceased. Now, the fact that sometimes a sahaba performed even nine takbirat, what does that show? You can say multiple duas. And there isn't just one dua for the forgiveness of the deceased. There is multiple duas that we learn from the sunnah. But if you know only one, you can repeat that. So for example, if you are praying behind an imam, and he says five takbirat or seven takbirat or nine takbirat, then you can repeat the same dua again and again. Bab qira'ati fatihat al-kitabi ala al-janazah. Recitation of the fatiha in the funeral prayer. وَقَالَ الْحَسَنُ يَقْرَأُ عَلَى الطِّفْلِ بِفَاتِحَةِ الْكِتَابِ وَيَقُولُ أَلَّهُمَّ جَعَلُهُ لَنَا فَرَطًا وَسَلَفًا وَأَجْرًا for a child who had passed away, Surah Fatiha, and he would say the dua for him, O oh Allah, make him for us a farat. Who is farat? One who goes ahead of us. Wa salaf. Salaf, one who prepares a place for us. Wa ajra and a reward. Meaning, yes, he's gone ahead of us, but inshallah this will be a source of reward for us. So this is the dua that you're supposed to say for a child. So this shows that even for a child, Salat al-Janazah is to be is to be performed. So basically, after four months of pregnancy, that is at the four-month mark, the ruh is in the body. So after that, if the child dies, whether in the womb of the mother, or after being born, one year, two years, three years, five years, janazah is to be performed. A proper burial is to be done. 
حدثنا محمد بن بشار حدثنا غندر حدثنا شعبة عن سعد عن طلحة قال صليت خلف ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما حدثنا محمد بن كثير أخبرنا سفيان عن سعد بن إبراهيم عن طلحة بن عبد الله بن عوف قال صليت خلف ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما على جنازة He said I prayed behind Ibn Abbas فقرأ بفاتحة الكتاب and he recited فاتحة الكتاب قال he said ليعلموا أنها سنة so that they know that this is sunnah. Now this is very interesting. If Ibn Abbas is leading the people in Janazah prayer, and he recites Surah Al-Fatiha, and the people behind him hear it, what does that mean? How did he recite it? Out loud. So this means, based on this narration and other narrations, remember that Salatul Janazah can be Sirri and Jahri. This is very important for us to know. It can be performed in a Sirri way, meaning the recitation is quiet, everybody does their own silently. And the other is jahri, where the imam recites out loud. And from the action of Ibn Abbas, we see that it can be recited out loud. In another narration, we learn that one of the companions, he said, Auf bin Malik, he said, the Prophet ﷺ performed the janazah prayer, and we memorized his dua. Meaning, he would recite this dua, Every time. We heard it so many times that we memorized it. What does it mean? The Prophet ﷺ recited it out loud so the people could hear him, which is why they were able to memorize it. And this is reported by Muslim. So Salatul Janazah can be performed Sirri, and it can also be performed Jahri. Alright? Where the Imam will recite out loud and others will listen. And this is actually beneficial in some situations, especially. A situation where for instance, the very family of the deceased perhaps does not know the du'as for the deceased. You understand? There could be people in the family who don't even know the du'a for the deceased. Isn't it? So then, what are they going to say in the Salatul Janazah? They're just going to stand quietly? Not going to say anything? So the Imam will say out loud, so that those listening, of course, will say Ameen, and they will be part of making the dua. You understand? And then there's another benefit, which is that when the imam will recite loudly, this way he will teach people how salatul janazah is to be performed. There are so many people who go for janazah, but they don't know what is to be said in janazah. They just stand quietly. Quietly. This is unfair to yourself and also to the person whose Salat al-Janazah is being performed. So then, if an imam uh, leads the Salat al-Janazah out loud, sometimes, then this is good. Because this way, he will teach the people. So is this clear? It can be read out loud and also quietly. Bab al-salati ala al-qabri ma yudfanu. Praying over a grave after the burial. Meaning somebody was buried Janazah was not performed. So can people perform the janazah later? Can they? Yes, they can. In fact, they should. And there could be different reasons as to why Salatul Janazah was not performed for a person. Like for example, if a person dies in a place where there is no other Muslim, and they just bury him, for instance, and the Muslims find out, then what is their duty? They should perform the salah for him. 
حدثنا حجاج بن منهال حدثنا شعبة قال حدثني سليمان الشيباني قال سمعت الشعبية قال أخبرني من مر مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على قبر منبود فأمهم وصلوا خلفه قلت من حدثك هذا يا أبا عمر قال ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما We have read this hadith before حدثنا محمد بن الفضل حدثنا حماد بن زيد عن ثابت عن أبي رافع عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن أسود رجلا أو امرأة He said there was a black man or a woman كان يقوم المسجد who would sweep the masjid فمات and he died ولم يعلم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بموته and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم did not know about his death فذكره ذات يوم so he remembered him the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم remembered that person one day فقال so he said ما فعل ذلك الإنسان what did that person do meaning where did they go how come they're not coming قالوا مات يا رسول الله they said oh messenger Allah he died قال أفلا آذنتموني couldn't you tell me why didn't you tell me فقالوا إنه كان كذا وكذا قصته so they said oh this is his story his story was such and such basically gave a long story as to how he died and why they couldn't tell him قال فحقروا شأنه they said that they belittled his status meaning they didn't think he was that important or she was that important in fact if you think about it if they don't even know what this person's gender was, whether they were a man or a woman, it just shows that they didn't give much importance. فَقَالَ فَدُلُّونِي عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ So the Prophet ﷺ said, tell me where the grave is. فَأَتَىٰ قَبْرَهُ فَصَلَّىٰ عَلَيْهِ So the Prophet ﷺ came to the grave and he prayed. And this is true. Sometimes there are people who are not given any importance at all. Unfortunately. Their name is not known. Their condition is not known. People don't pay much attention. But this individual whom people belittle or ignore could be very honored near Allah. And we see that this person was definitely special to the Prophet ﷺ, which is why he ﷺ went and he performed janazah. Bab al-mayyitu yasma'u hafqan ni'al A dead person hearing the tread of sandals. Meaning when a person is buried in the grave, then he hears the walking of the people. Just as if you are in a lower floor and people are walking on the upper floor, do you hear them? You can hear every footstep sometimes. حدثنا عياش حدثنا عبد الأعلى حدثنا سعيد قال وقال لي خليفة حدثنا ابن زريع حدثنا سعيد عن قتادة عن أنس رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال العبد إذا وضع في قبره When a servant is placed in his grave وتولي and he is turned away from meaning people turn away after burying him and they go away وذهب أصحابه and his companions leave حَتَّى إِنَّهُ لَيَسْمَعُ قَرْعَنِ عَالِهِمْ Until he hears the knocking of their sandals. Knocking as in its sound. أَتَاهُ مَلَكَانِ Two angels come to him. فَأَقْعَدَاهُ And they make him sit. فَيَقُولَانِ لَهُ And they both say to him, مَا كُنْتَ تَقُولُ فِي هَذَا الرَّجُلِ what did you say about this man, Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم? فيقول, so he says, أشهد أنه عبد الله ورسوله. I testify that he is indeed the servant of Allah and his messenger. فيقال, so it is said to him, انظر إلى مقعدك من النار. Look at your home in hellfire. 
Allah has replaced for you with it a home in Jannah. Meaning instead of making you go here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you go in Jannah. قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَيَرَاهُمَا جَمِيعًا The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the person sees both of them, his house in Jannah and his house in, his, his abode in hell. وَأَمَّا الْكَافِرِ As for the denier, أو المنافق or the hypocrite, فَيَقُولُ لَا أَدْرِي He says, I don't know. When they ask him, what do you say about this man? He says, لَا أَدْرِي كُنْتُ أَقُولُ مَا يَقُولُ النَّاسِ I would just say what the people would say. And this is something we need to think about. Are we Muslim just because our family is Muslim? Do we say things just because people in our family say those things? Or do we really mean them and, and believe in them? فَيُقَالُوا So it is said to him, لَا دَرَيْتَ وَلَا تَلَيْتَ Neither did you know, nor did you recite. So iman, yaqeen comes how? By reading, by studying. ثُمَّ يُضْرَبُ بِمِطْرَقَةٍ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ Then he is struck with an iron hammer. ضَرْبَةً A strike بَيْنَ أُذُنَيْهِ Between his ears. Meaning in the middle. If you think about it, between the ears would be either somewhere on the face or the back. فَيَصِيحُ صَيْحَةً so he screams a scream, يَسْمَعُهَا مَنْ يَلِيهِ إِلَّا الثَّقَلَيْنِ That everyone hears around him except for the two burdens. Who are the two burdens? الثَّقَلَان refers to the jinn and men. So the jinn and men, people, do not hear the scream. But everybody else does, whoever is around. Meaning animals, birds. And sometimes you may have noticed that all of a sudden, Birds or animals, even squirrels. Do you notice like they just start acting weird? As if they're startled? Because yes, they hear sounds that we don't hear. And part of those sounds is also the sound of the screaming of those who are punished in the graves. So we see here that when a person is buried, when a person is put in the grave, they're not just an empty body. And yes, it's a body. Yes, the soul is no longer in it. But the body still experiences something. See, right now in this life, our body is more, you could say like, the body is over the ruh. So everything we feel, we feel where? On the body. Isn't it so? But the ruh also, there are some things that affect our ruh. Like for example, love, fear, anxiety, sadness. I mean, it's not just, what is it? Is it in the body? No, if it was in the body, it would be so easy to fix. Isn't it? It's an experience of the soul. Correct? But in the grave, or in the barzakh, it's the soul. It's the soul that comes over the body. In the sense that the soul experiences more than the body. So even though the body is lifeless, it's the soul that will still experience so regardless of where the body is, we believe in the life of barzakh. That in the barzakh, there is either bliss or there is punishment. And this hadith makes it very clear. And this bliss or punishment comes when? After the test in the grave. In this hadith, there is only one question mentioned. In other hadith, we learn about three questions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us all to pass this test.
Go ahead. No, no. This hadith does not mean that every time people visit them, then the person is asked these questions. What this hadith is describing is the moment when the person is buried. So when they're buried, and after burying, people walk away eventually. Right? They stay around the grave for some time, maybe half an hour, maybe an hour, but eventually they go home. So as they go, as they're walking away, the deceased in the grave hears them walking away. And then when he's alone, then the angels come. And then the angels make him sit up. And then they ask him these questions. Alright? So this happens once. Yes, there is no harm in that. Visiting the graves. As long as, for women especially, it's not done excessively. Meaning you should not make it a habit or a routine. But the Prophet ﷺ did encourage the people to visit the graves because it softens the heart and it reminds us of death. Which is also very important for us. So inshallah we will conclude here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.